to IGI, how to be a pro. I'm T Jax, followed by my main man, my brother from the same spiritual mother. <laughs> Scott, go. <laughs> bro, good to see you, man. Man, great to see you too. Back with another episode. Again, as always, excited for this guest. Many of you may know him and should know him, so it should be a great one. Yeah, it's gonna be a real good one, man. I grew up watching the guest that we got today. Today we want to talk about how do I become a champion? This is a guy that's been a champion pretty much all the way throughout his career. Went to a championship pedigree high school, um, took his school, you know, in, in college to heights that was never really reached before like that. And then he, uh, you know, he played on championship teams with some of the best players, some Hall of Fame players, some top 50 players in the world um, of all time. And continually, even now, in his career overseas is is having a lot of success so we'll be right back make sure you guys stay tuned and thanks guys for tuning in from grade school to high school from high school to college from college to the league and it doesn't stop there and a nice move Scott Suggs what if I told you that there was nothing impossible for those who believe for those who believe in their dreams who believe in themselves and who believe in truth we're here to show you the way to the life you've always wanted this is IGI. This is IGI. This is IGI. This, this is, is How to Be a Pro. Scott Boogie, did that did that did that skip when you're in? Oh, my man just left me out here hanging. You in here? Can you hear me? Can you see me? He going in and out. I'm, cu I'm cutting down all my things on, on, on live right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this happens from time to time. If you've ever been on some live streams, it's a part of it. I don't know if I'm skipping. I don't know if I'm talking regularly right now, but I'm not able to see Scott. So we shall see what's really going on. But hopefully he can get back on here in a second. There you go. What's up, buddy? Hey. What's up? I don't know what happened. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what, what happened either. <laughs> Must have been too far of an intro. We got I got kicked out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but hey, shoot, that's what I said. That's what happens, bro. That's what happens with live stream, everybody on computer, everybody on stuff. So you know, this yeah. is how it is, bro. But what's up, man? It's good to see you. It's always good to see you, man. I'm excited for this show, man. How you man, doing? Me too. I'm doing great, man. Super excited for the show. We had some warm weather out here in Seattle. For all you folks out there that know the Seattle weather, it can be man, it's like 55 in the mornings. So it's, it's like we, we hit the 80s. Yes. <laughs> the oh, me and Kyle were out there walking in the morning with literally a hoodie pants on. I'm like, it's crazy. It's July. It's be August. But we finally got a little 80-degree weather. So sun's out. We got the show going today. So I'm excited. You ain't walking around with your shirt off or nothing. It's you, you good, right? You straight. Yeah, like, when you... I go when I go shoot on the court, on the other end, you got, I got to take the shirt off. It's hot out there. <laughs> <laughs> Not when it's 55, though. Man, hey, well, hey, so you got some great news coming up here. You got a, you got a big, uh, you know, big, big, big step, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, that's wild. you're about to have a baby girl any moment now. Um, we're gonna be taking two weeks off from the show. Mm -hmm. Give uh, Mrs. Suggs and Mr. Suggs some quality parenting time. And how you feeling about it? Oh, I'm excited. It's been. Nine full months, letting us get prepared, trying to let Cairo know he's having a baby sister coming and trying to get everything ready, getting situated, settled down in Seattle, all the new baby stuff. So definitely time. I'm sure Mel is ready, ready for her to be here at this point. So uh, we're excited, though. We're excited. Two kids, two under two. Two kids under two? Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, look. 
we're, today our topic is about how to be a champion. You got to be a champion in the family to know how to do that. Being the father is definitely a, a privilege. It comes with a standard. It comes with a lot of responsibility. Like one of my favorite sayings, with great power comes great responsibility. Obviously, y'all know where that's from. You ever grow up watching Spider-Man, but nah, I mean, it's a lot. And the person we talking to today, he had a lot of responsibility on his shoulders, on his hands, to be able to go from, you know what I mean, a Horizon League school, which is not necessarily at that time. This is 2007 through 2011. At that time, it wasn't a uh, premier type of thing. Like now, mid-majors, you got a lot of TV everywhere. You know what I mean? You got TV everywhere. You got um, access on the internet. But back then, you know, when we was growing up, bro, you didn't, you didn't have all that. And I remember hearing about him. Mm-hmm. And I remember really hearing about him because Braun was pushing for him a lot. And you know, yep. Braun pushed for somebody, or if you got a guy at that stature that pushes for somebody, then it means something at that time. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, went went to go play in the league. Had a wonderful time in the league. Always one of those guys that was just like, you want him on your team, but you don't want to play against him. Like one of those guys, because you know you're gonna get he, he gonna get in you. Like that, you better mm-hmm. come. It's ball, you man. The whole game, you got to be like this the whole game. Right. <laughs> better not open up because he coming to take all cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he in the background, talking to you. Oh man, but uh. This is a this is a great dude. I just met him, so I'm excited to get the chance to know him. Obviously, Scott Boogie's known him longer than me. Uh, you guys got a chance to play together. We'll talk about those things, but we'll go ahead and uh, go into this intro of him, and we're excited to have him, guys. Norris, you gotta let him know who it is. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> On tonight's show, we're so excited to welcome Norris Cole, a highly decorated player with many accolades and awards. In high school, he won back-to-back state championships his junior and senior year. He would go on to Cleveland State, where he would again continue to have great success, eventually becoming the first person in Horizon League men's basketball history to be named both Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. Norris Cole would then go to the NBA, where he would eventually land with the Miami Heat, and he would go on to win back-to-back titles in 2012 and 2013, continuing his championship streak. He ended up going overseas later on and actually won another title with Maccabi Tel Aviv, making that three titles in his professional career. And most recently, Norris Cole has just won another championship out of France in French Pro A with Asvel. Norris Cole, welcome to IGI, How to Be a Pro. He said he was cold-blooded with his name. I see it. <laughs> what's up? What's up, Norris? How you doing, man? What's going on? That intro was sweet, fellas. Hey, got me feeling good over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a pleasure having you on here, man. First and foremost, we want to make sure, you know, you had to get on. Did you get your food? We can't have you on here not getting your food. And stuff, man. Did you get your food? Absolutely. Everything is all good now, brother. Everything is all good. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Oh man, we're excited to have you. Super excited to have you, man. Uh, Scott told me a little bit about you, uh, about your guys' time together, but I let Scott lead us off because, you know, appreciate you, Scott, for you know setting this up, reaching out. Uh, It's really cool. Nah, yeah. Again, appreciate you, Norris, man. I know it took some back and forth for us to get you here, some communication, (laughs) but we're glad you're here, man. And uh, yeah, like T. Dex said. Norris and I played. Uh, we played on a preseason NBA NBA uh, exhibition tour with, with Maccabi Haifa. So that was fun. That's where I got to meet Norris. And Norris was super cool, super down to earth, and and shared a lot of experiences um, that he had gone through with us. So I just thought it was he was the perfect person to talk about for how to be a champion. Um, so with that, man, let's go ahead and get into it. We, I kind of wanted to ask you. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about. Um, so coming out of high school, obviously you had. Uh, you guys won state titles back to back junior senior year, and you're heading into into your collegiate career. And uh, kind of like T. Dex had mentioned earlier, 
um, you, you end up deciding to go to Cleveland State. And at this time period, this is before like Steph Curry, D. Lillard, yeah. this is before that became a thing. Back in this time, I don't know if people understand, it was kind of universally taught. It wasn't true, but it was kind of taught if you don't go to a Big Ten school, uh, SEC, Big 12, if you don't go there, you know, it's going to be tough for you to make the NBA. You got to get on TV. You got to get the exposure. You got to get, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is this is the route that you have to take. And you, so you go to Cleveland State. Like, can you talk about your mindset? What were you thinking? Did you even think like, no, I can still do it? Because, you you know, you've just recently had success. Kind of, Can you talk a little about it? what was your mindset entering going <laughs> into Cleveland State? Well, it's funny because when I first went to Cleveland State, that was the only Division One offer that I had. Mm-hmm. It, was the, it was the only Division One offer that I had to go to school. So for me, it was it was my Big Ten school. It was my Pac Ten mm-hmm. school. It was like it was my chance to play Division One, even though it was you know low mid major. It was I was like, man, this is my opportunity because I always wanted to play Division One basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went there, it was you know I looked at it like it was a big school for me. That's mm-hmm. how I looked at it. Yeah. And when I first got there, I struggled. <laughs> It was tough, um, you know, because I, I came from a pretty good high school where we were very talented. And so it was the, kind of the first time I had to really, like, really show my individual skills because mm. we weren't going into games favorite. In high school, we went into the games favorite. And, you know, we had five or six, seven guys that could all take over a game at, at one point in time. And, no, mm. you know, at Cleveland State, when you go up against, you know, mid, you know mid-majors play against high-majors, it's a whole team effort just to, just, to, just to compete in the game. And yeah. in practice, it's like a war zone. You got to be able to fend for yourself. And so I was like, man, in practice, it was so tough. You know, and coach, you know, coach kind of made it tough on purpose so that when we played the games against, you know, more talented teams that we could beat them and compete with them. So, yeah, you know, the conditioning tests, <laughs> Indiv- <laughs> individuals, you know, when it's only three or four of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I went to an individual one time. They had no water breaks. Bro, I'm telling you, four on four or four of you guys playing one-on-one, two-on-two, defensive slide, running, conditioning. Man, bro, that was the first time I had actually went through that. You know, because I used to play all the time. I didn't do drills in high school. I just go play, go to the YMCA and play all day. But, man, we started doing drills. I'm fumbling the ball off my leg, (laughs) doing two-ball dribbling, handling drills. I'm like, man, this is tough. So, I stopped thinking about the NBA my first year. I was like, you know what? Let me just survive college. Let me survive, you know, just getting on the court first. Because I only played about, man, less than 10 minutes a game my freshman year. This Coach Waters, right? Yeah, Gary Waters. Shout out to Gary Waters. I love him to this day. So I only played less than 10 minutes a game as a freshman. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, man, like, am I good enough? Like, I started to question myself, like, wait, this basketball thing is harder than what I thought it was. (laughs) But, you know, I kept going. I focused on schoolwork outside of the outside of the court so that I wouldn't be in basketball overload. So mm. I wasn't always in basketball overload. And my, my father helped me with that because I would call home and be like, Pops, bro, this is tough. I don't know if this is what I signed up for. And he was like, well, when you playing basketball, think basketball. He said, but when you go back to your dorm room, focus on your homework, focus on studying. That way your mm. mind is balanced and you're not in overload. And so Man, that's, that's that made awesome. it easy for me that's to go to wisdom. work every day, go to practice every day, because that night I wasn't on basketball overload, so I could be refreshed to go play basketball again every single day. Mm. And I got better, obviously. You know, I got better, and, you know, the sky was the limit. Man, that's so real, Norris, because, uh, like, every athlete, every college athlete, especially every D1 athlete, knows the pressure that comes along with that, especially with the school you got – the coach coming in, expecting you. It, I think the funniest is when they recruit you, and they're so calm, they're so happy. <laughs> and then you get into practice, it's like, who is this? Like, <laughs> but that balance is key. Um, do you think that that balance helps you? Because that's really a that's really like a like a like a like a godly type of way, like a divine type of principle to have. Not going too far left, not doing too far right, but focusing on narrow minded. So that you can actually get the, the best result that you can get. How did you, um, at the end of the day, like know? All right, when you took that next step, because you you know you got a, you had a lot of accomplishments and awards at Cleveland State. Yeah. So it's, growing up, basketball, football, baseball, sports was extracurricular for me. 
it was never really the priority. And so mm-hmm. that kind of helped me be able to, you know, move forward. And so when I was in college, like I said, I kept my mind balanced. I learned how to put myself on a schedule and then I just worked my routine. Mm. You know, I watched. Do you hear this, bro? I hear it, boy. (laughs) I watched others. No, I I used to always like YouTube other great athletes, other great students. Um, Obviously, I had my family that I looked upon a lot and I just came up with my own routine and I worked that routine and that, that took all the distraction away. Anything that was outside of my routine, I didn't really have time for it. And then so like my schedule would be wake up, you know, I wake up, say my prayer, drop down, do a hundred pushups real quick, go use the bathroom. That was how I woke up for four years straight. And then, wow. you know, at nighttime, it was the same thing. At nighttime, after I do my homework, I drop down, I do my hundred, use the bathroom, go to bed. And that's how I started ending my day. So I'm getting my weight, my strength in, I'm getting my, you know what I'm saying? getting my relaxation in. And then obviously throughout the day, you got practice, you got school, and then you get to the gym. You know, you find your time in between to get your individual work in by yourself. And I did that. I would work out, you know, 6 a.m. Then I'll work out a little bit before practice. And then I'll work out in the evening, you know, late at night when, you know, when nobody's in the gym. So I get my three days in, and then plus practice. So that's four workouts a day. And I did that for four years straight, plus my schoolwork. And somehow, you know, I was blessed to, you know, be a first round draft pick. <laughs> wow. It's not, it's not, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, somehow. Yeah. We, we just was talking about this earlier before we yeah. got on. It's got to go into detail with it, but I mean, the measure was you put in the measure, you put in the, the physical uh, capability. I wonder why you was out there, your crossovers, your Hezzy game, you, you would jump from the left, the left elbow <laughs> up the side of the right elbow. I'm like, you was just super, you still are just bouncy, just bouncing. Yes, your sir. But, but that's, that's physical. That came from training because I was I was like, you know, real. I'm a thin built guy. I'm not the biggest guy. So lifting weights kind of made me faster. Like I wasn't known in high school. In my high school, I wasn't known for being the most athletic or quick. But in college, I don't know what it, that weight, that strength, that weight room. I tell everybody being in shape is the best thing you can do for any sport. Yeah. Because if you can play, you can play. If you got natural mm-hmm. ability, you know, you got natural ability. But if you in shape. That natural ability can look freakish, and yeah, that's kind of what happened to me. You know, once I got in real elite shape, my natural ability was able to show a little bit more, and it, it, it looked different. And, mm. and real quick, Scott, because I know you want to, but I've never seen him breathe hard. Like I'm thinking about it, like back. To, I never yeah, seen him. <laughs> just the same the whole time. Like never. Well, you know, you know those defensive practices. You know how you start practice defensive slide. You know, in the end. Running 17s and running down and backs, you know, that's how we started. <laughs> that was every day. Wow, <laughs> bring up bad memories, but that bring up hey, that's bad <laughs> right? <day>. nightmares. Oh, <laughs> no, I wanted, I wanted to one is no coincidence, but two, I gotta backtrack to that intro because hold on, man, I don't know if anybody caught that, but that was D Rose, that was the MVP that, yeah. that was on the ground. Anybody see that crossover? <laughs> oh my gosh. I had I had a flash in my mind when you were talking about him crossing over that stride. I was like, hold up, that was D Rose. D Rose is one of the quickest most that if you can cross D Rose over, come on now, you belong here. But anyway, that <laughs> <laughs> um, like TJ said, we talked about this sowing and reaping. You reap you reap what you sow. Like this is this is a godly principle, this is a universal law, and you put in the measure. Like I don't know if people understand. Okay, you go division one, cool, but everybody thinks like, oh yeah, they're they're following this routine. Everybody no, that is not what everybody does. What Norris is doing is that's special to be able to one, even ask his his dad, hey, what should I be doing to seek help? And then mm-hmm. to take that wisdom and actually apply it. Get your mind off of basketball. Okay, cool. Now let me get my schedule so that I can be aligned with what my overall vision is. Um I wrote so down, no coincidence. down I wrote and make playing so I can just go with it. He probably ain't had no worries because he just focused on look, I was following the schedule, bro. That's like, it. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. And so over time we saw you reap what you sow. You put in the measure, you reap what you sow. So I think that's a, a something that I you know we don't want to skip over lightly because that that is key to also the success that, that we see him have. It's no wonder he keeps winning everywhere that he goes. He continues to put in the measure. Um, yes, sir. So with that, um, 
moving towards the NBA, I, I you kind of spoke on it a little bit earlier. But my question is, how were you able to adjust going from being that that player, the main guy, to now having that role? And I know you spoke of saying on your high school team, that's kind of how it, how it was set up. So it seems like you almost went to just a higher level of your high school team uh, with the Heat. You're like, oh, well, now it's kind of we got multiple guys that can take over again. Obviously, LeBron, Chris Bosh, D-Wade. But can you speak right. a little bit on that? Yeah, so when I, when I got drafted to the NBA, my whole thing was – I want to show my value, you know, because this mm. is a championship level team we're talking about. You're talking about yeah. Hall of Fame level players. So I wanted to come in there and show that, listen, you know, I can play too. And I want, mm -hmm. earn, I want to earn my respect so that I can be out there on the floor with those guys. And so every day in practice, you know, I was always, you know, when we would do conditioning stuff, I was always out front. You know, they call it young legs. Yeah. You know, I yep. want to show my young legs. Like I'm out, I'm out front. I'm ready to compete. You know, I have no fear. You know, I was looking for all challenges. Anytime it was a challenge, it was like, I could do it. Let me show you, you know. And Pat Riley had that, too. He, he said that culture for sure. Yeah, and, that's, and that was who I was naturally. And I think that's why I was a great fit. You know how they always tell you, you know, when you get drafted to a team or something, if you got a great fit, you can have a great time, a great career. And it was the perfect fit for me because mm -hmm. that environment was very competitive. And it was mm -hmm. a lot of pressure in that environment. It was win or bust. And so I just wanted to earn my respect, honestly. That's what I want to do. I want to come in there and show them guys like, hey, listen, I can play my role. I'm excited to play my role. You know, I can do whatever you ask me to do. If you need me to do more, I can do more. But if you need mm -hmm. me to, you know, play just in my box, in my role, I can also do that too. And so, you know, we was able to win that way. Everyone on the team had that attitude. You know, everyone was willing to sacrifice. And we had a saying that it's always easy to sacrifice until it's your turn. That was, that was the saying right. we always said. Like, it's always easy to sacrifice until it's your turn. But we had a bunch of guys who was willing to take their turn and sacrifice. And so, you know, that's what I did, man. And obviously I learned how to be a pro. There's a difference from a college workout and a yeah. pro workout. And so yeah. I had to learn that because I was still on my college routine. And you still like college speed, like fast, fast, yeah, fast, fast. Yeah, everything was hard, 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 hard. And then I had to learn, you got to work smarter, not harder, young fella. Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, I would watch, literally, I would watch, you know, D-Wade work out. I seen Brian work out. I watched Juwan Howard work yep. out. You know, when Ray Allen came over to the team, I watched how he worked out. I watched James Jones, Mike Miller work out. I watched CB. I literally was watching all great these guys. guys. Yeah, these are the elite guys that they yeah. skill set and so i watched how they put themselves on a routine because you know you don't have class you don't have school to balance yeah. so i'm mm -hmm. watching how they come in what they do how much they do their recovery i'm watching all of this and like mm -hmm. i said like i did in college i made my own routine from watching i did the same thing so i, I took someone from everybody so d way he liked to work out real late i like to work out real late as well so I would work out real late at night a lot of times after practice. Was it like um, a therapy for you to work out late? Is it kind of like this? It was the idea of working out when nobody else is. Got it. Honestly, Got it. that was the idea of working out. And and I was I was up. You know, you know how we, we play games at seven, eight o'clock at night, and then we have to travel and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been on that schedule since high school. You know, we play games late at night, and then you gotta eat after the game. So I'm up at night. And so, so instead of wasting time, you at least put something to do. Right. Why, why am I laying around playing video games when I got all this energy? Let me go. Let me go yeah. work out. Plus, I'm not playing 30 minutes a game. That's real. You know, I, I know yeah. I'm not playing 30 minutes a game. So I got plenty of energy. So I would mm -hmm. go work out. I would get treatment, you know, cold tub, hot tub. I would my pregame routine I got from Ray Allen. I like to get there early before anybody else is shooting so you don't have a bunch of basketballs flying everywhere. God, so I would come and work out. I would work out right after Ray. Right after Ray. Mm. I'll get there early. He'd be out there working out, and I'm home right afterwards so I can get my routine, get my shots in, and I would, you know, get massages. LeBron was real big on, you know, lifting weights and, you know, getting massages and treatment. That's how he's able to sustain year-round. So I put myself on the same schedule. I would, you know, have a massage therapist, I would, you know, get massages. I would have a personal trainer year round. So I never got out of shape. And I just put myself on that routine, man. I, I look what other people do well, and I kind of mimic that. It's like people say don't be a copycat, but it's okay to be a copycat when you copy the right cat. So that's, that's what real. I was trying to do. That's, <laughs> real. that's what I was trying to do, man. I was trying to – I see they successful at it. 
I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Man, so a lot of dudes, too, and it's difference. It's the difference between – because we we always have to talk about this levels to it. You know, Dr. Anthony Roman just put that on there. Um, we like to also encourage guys that there is higher levels than just physical work. But I like the way you mm, just put it because – you, but you just put it in a way that if guys, as they're transitioning, at least do something, bro. Like, don't just sit around, just have idle time doing nothing. You know what right. I mean? There is a way that you can actually use it to to boost you away eventually. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you is because you were there when Bron and those guys and as a team, all of y'all, y'all went through some, some major mental hurdles, right? Some mental, like, the game where Bron was – in Boston, right? Breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you learn? Because uh, he was the physically, he was the most dominant guy in the league, but he still couldn't win that first year. He still couldn't mm-hmm. depend on that. Right. So what did you take from those things that you, you know, you talked about the physical things, the routine, the special. What did you take from those mental things that you learned throughout the process that helped you? Great question. Balance. That was a great question. I learned that they have balance as well. The great players – they use balance. It's like Brian would read books. Ray Allen was b- big on reading books. Um, other guys were big on like meditation. You mm-hmm. understand? Mm-hmm. And so, and they had families, you know, so they would use their family time as time to get away from the game. They all had outlets to get, take their mind away from the game so that they can, you know, refresh and replenish. Uh, D Wade sometimes would call Coach Crane, his college coach. Yep and fly him in or go visit him to kind of take a step back in order to rejuvenate himself. And so, mm. I, you know, I follow suit. <laughs> you know, I like to, y'all have to balance yourself. Y'all do certain things to get away from the game and stuff like that. And I, I'm, I was a sponge, honestly, brother. I was a real sponge. And um, obviously we had fun together. It wasn't always. Mm-hmm. And I think, Sometimes, you know, on the court, obviously, we had a lot of pressure, a lot of media. You hear a lot of stories. But off on, off the court, behind the scenes, we enjoyed being around each other, like genuinely enjoyed it. We would uh, have, like, team events where it was just the team. I yeah. love the video y'all had where y'all was all oh, dancing. <laughs> Harlem Shake, or we would go to restaurants or, you know, you know, go to different hotels and, like, just it'll just, just be us. And we'll just be able to relax and kick back so that when it was time to gear up and go to war, we could do that. And so it was all about finding that balance. And I learned how to be a pro because they were always in the spotlight and they always knew how to conduct themselves. They always knew what to say, what not to say, and how to carry themselves in high-pressure moments. And so, you know, I just, you know, if you set a good example, I can follow it. If you don't set a good example, I'm not going to follow it. You know, that's how good leaders are. Good leaders learn from somebody. And so I've always been a leader in my circle of influence, but I learned from other leaders. And that's what I that's what I did. I learned how to be professional. I learned how to not panic in high leverage situations. Yeah. And that's why I was able to perform and be able to, you know, conduct myself in such a high camera atmosphere. That's real. Yeah. Super real, man. It so you said something about the levels. TJX touched on the levels a little bit. My, my son's over here waving at me. Um, <laughs> you touched on the levels, and you also talked about that balance and some of the meditation, some of the things people use for balance. So mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on something that we talk about here, which is uh, it's the perspective. We talk about using meditation here, and there's you know different kinds of meditation that people use. And just to... Um, see yourself going through the process. So we talk about going through it and, and seeing it happen perfectly for you so that you can, uh, we're working on soul and spiritual levels when we're doing that. So mm-hmm. you said something about uh, being able to step back and kind of see the whole picture. And we, we talk about that viewer perspective. We got the participant perspective and the viewer perspective. And as a viewer perspective, you're able to sit back and maybe you're meditating, you're just literally visualizing, seeing it from the outside looking in. And so mm-hmm. I thought that was a great point that you made because in some way or another, we have to do that. Yeah, if we want to continue to be able to operate this high level, whether you do it inwardly and see it um, mentally, visualizing it, or if you do it physically, literally physically getting yourself away 
from the game. And somewhere or another, you need that rest. You need that relaxation. You need that time away from the game. So I thought that was a, a great point and, and something I just wanted to harp on. Um, yeah, my, my family oh, helped me with that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my family going back to you know going back to Dayton. You know, you know where I'm from. Dayton's not a, a very big city, but so you know humble beginnings. And that my family, you know, always you know helped me keep me grounded. Always kept the main thing, the main thing. Like main thing. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, whenever, yeah. whenever I would like be you know be upset about something or down about something or maybe complaining. You know, especially my mom, my dad, my sister, they always was like, well, you know, North, you know, keep reality. You know, you're living in the NBA world, but understand reality is not that bad. Mm. You know, <laughs> you, you you start to realize, like, you know what? I'm tripping. Like, <laughs> yes, it's bad it's really in my bad. situation, but in the grand scheme of real life, it's not bad at all. It's, you know, people right. have real life problems. And so... Mm-hmm. No, they always did a good job of helping me kind of keep that balance when you know things weren't going right professionally. You know, even to this day, you know, my dad be like, "Well, you can always come home, son," and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, but nah." <laughs> I can, but I don't. I can't. I can, but I can't. He was like, "Yeah, you can say, you know, you know, if it's that bad, you can always come home and sit behind the desk, you know, you know, and work that way." And then, then that put me in perspective, like. Cause there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like that's not what you. That's not what nah, your business life was. That's, that's yeah. not what I do. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah. let me snap out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so that led me to my question. Kind of, and you touched on it a little bit here. Seeing the success, you've won multiple championships, multiple titles throughout your career. What is the common denominator that you've seen that was like for when? that allowed you guys to win and you touched on it a little bit but i don't know if there was anything else that you wanted to yeah so one thing that's all winners whether it's business basketball football anything your team you have to be pure Hmm. so every all the teams i played for most of the guys on the team had the attitude of we just want to win the purity like so whether i was the best player on the team or whether i was just a role player on the team I was going to cheer on my guys. I was going to come to work with a pure attitude, with pure intention. I'm not wishing somebody play bad so that I can get in the game. Never. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I'm the best player, I'm not devaluing the guy who maybe is not playing that much. Everybody has a value. And so mm-hmm. the purity of wanting to win and playing on the team, I've always had that attitude. Like, I want my team to win, whether I'm mm-hmm. the best player, whether I'm the role player, and I've done both. And so that's number one, making sure everyone on your team, everyone on your business team has the right intention and have one intention. That's to win. And then obviously the work ethic. You got to put the time in. There's no substitute for that. Um, and, and you're going to have to sacrifice relationships, time you know, spent with you know, people you might love. You know, it's going to take away from other skill sets that you may want to work on, but you can't replace the time. You got to put the time in, the work in. And then after that, you got to put that extra time in because everybody is working. Everyone mm-hmm. on every job is working. Everyone is playing basketball, you know, getting shots up after practice, going through their plays. So you have to find a way to do that extra work to put you over the top. And then, you know, you got to be tough, mental and mentally tough and physically tough because yeah. it's never going to be easy. It's always going to come a time where it's like a threshold. If yeah. you get into the threshold, or you're going to break through. The championship teams break through. When they go through that mm-hmm. adversity, when they feel that resistance, when it starts to hurt, when it starts to burn, when they're losing, when it's a tough time in the season, you can either tuck it in and, and give up, or you can embrace the pain and grace the grind and break through. And the champions always, always stay together and break through. And mm-hmm. I think that's the common denominator, bro, and belief. You got to yeah. believe you can. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe you can do it, it ain't going to happen. You don't get lucky winning the championship. You get lucky winning some games and making certain plays, but as far as the grind of a whole season and then playing through playoffs and then winning the championship, you you, you don't you don't you don't get lucky doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's those are all the common denominators that I've seen and then timing. You got to have good timing. Mm. You know, well, look, ladies and gentlemen, if you this is your first time on IGI, how to be a pro, this is uh, myself, Scott Boogie, and our other third co host, Norris. Right. Cole. Yeah. 
even all the gems right now. I mean, yeah. you ain't writing this down. This applied to anything and everything oh, he just spoke goodness. about had nothing to do with just physical work. And I want everybody to see that it was the mental fortitude, right? Um, and the 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 part of adversity that he talked about, I thought was key. Um, people think problems are a bad thing. Like I'm sure y'all had teams where y'all the problems for y'all is. Y'all probably looked at them completely different than teams where we've been on all good teams and we've been on bad teams. The teams that can push through is they look at problems as an opportunity. Okay, we need to get better in this, and this is the level we need to go to. We need to be, you know, this is the way we need to become. Person that's not looking at it like that is you start pointing, you know, you start doing all those things. But I think the first point that you made that was so key was purity. And it was, it's because I'm confident that I know that there's nothing that anybody else can do that can take away my value. Like mm, the finger yes. is not as, this finger is just as important as this part of the ear. You know, this nose is just as important as the toe. You mess right. up that big toe, you ain't gonna be out there running at all. Like <laughs> the toe is, is real. So every part of the body has uh, importance. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you, man, cause you was transitioning, you transitioned into, from the NBA, so you went to New Orleans, right? You went to New Orleans after that, right? right? Um, then went overseas for a bit, then came back, right? Went to, went to China for a couple months, then came back to OKC. So how was that transition from going from a championship team, then transitioning into the second latter part of your career, going into where you're at now? How was that mentally for you? And how did you seem, now that I know you, it seemed like it was probably just, all right, I'm good. We'll just do what I do. But how was that at the time? Um, it was it was tough mentally because I always knew, you know, I was an NBA player. And yeah. I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't because I wasn't good enough. That wasn't mm-hmm. the reason why. And so that was the frustrating part. You know, it was politics and stuff like that. You don't, I don't you know, I don't get into that. You only can control what I can control. But mm-hmm. the bad side of it, it was actually pretty good because you learn it's like art. No one piece of art is better than the other. And so when you learn how to play basketball at a high level in different parts of the world, it makes you a well-rounded basketball player. Yes, it does. Street ball, pickup ball, Division One college ball, NBA ball, and European ball. Yeah, you're nice. You can play anywhere. anywhere. Drop me off anywhere, I can adapt and I can play. And not everybody can play in Europe as Scott no. Trotter. Hey, yeah. I know for sure you know, too. I we played see, in your yeah. son, We see it right now. We see it yeah, right now. We, we, we struggling. It's 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 a different game internationally, and so when you can learn how to play both games, it makes you that much more elite as a basketball player, and you learn to appreciate the game from an art perspective. So I I I started looking at it as not so much as like oh I'm not in the NBA anymore. I started looking at it as well. Let me show my game in a different part of the world. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and let me appreciate being able to see the world because yeah. that's that's kind of how I look at it. Like, man, I'm able to play basketball in places that people visit for vacation. Vacation. The dream man. of going to. Man, like, and where, where, you know, where we from, you know, people just don't get to see the world like that. They don't get out. They get, Midwest, they get stuck Midwest, in the city, literally in the city. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know guys that's never, never been outside of, you know, they little area city. And so I had to look at it as an opportunity and not as a bad thing. And so mm-hmm. once I got over that, it was, you know, I've, I've been enjoying it. I'm meeting people all over the world. Got the chance. Like, that's how I'm on this podcast. I got to meet Scott, you know? Yeah. So, I want to talk about that, too, because I'd i never heard of that where they allowed guys from the NBA to come on to an overseas team for just that couple of games. That was a – I never heard that. That was pretty – I was like, how do you know Norris? Bro, we played in the di- – I was like, what? Like, that's, I never tell me about it. Because you said Maccabi was Maccabi Hype. I was like, when did he play for Maccabi? Yeah. Yeah, it was no, like, yeah, yeah, he put exhibition circuit. Mm-hmm. So they, the hype that they used to, because of coronavirus, that, you know, I don't, I don't know that they'll do it anymore. But the owner of Maccabi Hype is American, Jewish American. And so he, and he has some connections with the NBA team. So every year he was doing that. Hype was a team that would come through. You know, the NBA teams play all kinds of teams in the exhibition thing, but they were Haifa would always come through and play three or four games. And and they and their thing is they always bring on two NBA players to kind of help 
it's, it's both people. It's, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a partnership. The NBA sorry, players want to be able to show the NBA game, and we need some help because if we come out there with all, all Israeli <laughs> players, no offense, but it gets clapped. Yes, sir. So, so yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much what happened. It was cool, man. I enjoyed hanging out with. We had Norris and Brandon Rush, and they were both really cool and uh, super down to earth. So yeah, we had so we went out to dinner with a couple of other guys one of the nights, I think. So we had we had some good. Conversations, man. Uh, so it was really fun. And man, I don't know if you other guy's story. Like I got to learn, you know, Scott, where he was from. Um mm -hmm. West Coast playing in Seattle. You, you know, I didn't know that much about Seattle and Washington, but you know, his resume is crazy too. Like, you know, is he <laughs> resume <laughs> college and you know, he got some overseas success too. It's like you learn that there's other players around the world that are very successful that maybe mm -hmm. not be in the NBA but can play. At a yep. high, at an elite level, and mm -hmm. that's the part of the game. Like I say, the art that you learn to appreciate. Like there's yeah. other guys not in the NBA that are elite and that are good mm -hmm. guys, and that's that's the cool part about this game to be able to meet guys like Scott you know, and yourself. What? What? Super real quick, cool. I know Scott gonna ask a question, but what's the difference? Because you won championships overseas. Right. What's the difference between winning a championship in the league and a championship overseas? Because this is like you said, it's mm -hmm. two different games. Um. Well, I've won. I've always won the domestic championship. I haven't won the Euro League yet, so I don't know what yeah. it's like Euro League. But when you win like the Israeli championship or the French Pro A or Montenegro championship, I mean, he just named three championships. Hey. I don't care what. <laughs> championship, bro. Like, I don't Everywhere care. Where you go, got, he got a championship. These ain't. These ain't. Like, for people that don't know this, these ain't like little little country. Like, no, he, every team he was playing was either a Euro League team. Or a top team right underneath Euroleague, which honestly half the dudes in Euroleague right now could go to the league. Honestly, most of them could. Mm. Most of them came from it. Um, so it's ain't no like I'm just playing against it. No, this is like legit, like ball. Like it's so, I, I gotta say that, bro, for people that don't understand that. Yeah, it's, it was, bro. They they love their basketball out there. You know, obviously mm. soccer is the main sport. But yes. the teams I played for, it was very exciting. The, the crowd, you know, the fans like love you forever. Like mm -hmm. I still get, you know, direct messages from, you know, fans in Israel, fans in uh, Montenegro, you know, fans from France, you know, talking about their appreciation for winning the championship. And so, you know, they, they love it and they remember you forever. You can always go mm -hmm. back. If you win a championship, you can always go back to that country and mm -hmm. always, they'll always show you love. So it, it was, it was, it was great, you know, um, Obviously, the NBA championship is a little different because of the exposure to the world. Um, you're known as the best basketball team in the world. And so nothing nothing really compares to that. But, you know, when you have a season that's 10 months long, 10 and a half months long, and you win the championship, it feels good because that's a long, <laughs> long season. <laughs> that's a long, hey, long don't, talk, don't talk about the two-a-days, too, with, with the team. Oh, long man. Was that an adjustment for you? How was that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, listen, emphatic I, yes. I did a lot of communicating with the coaches. Like, listen, I'm gonna perform for you, but please, I'm not don't kill me in practice. I gotta be ready for the game. You know, because you know, coming from the NBA, it's not like it's not like I only played one or two seasons in the NBA. I played like a sustained six and a half, seven seasons. So I'm kind of like you know, a lot my, of games routine, my routine and how my body works is how it works. And yep. killing me in practice is not how it works. <laughs> so I had no. to have a lot of conversations, pure conversations with my coach, <laughs> and let him know, like, coach, I ain't trying to get over on you, but you know, this is what it is. This is this is how I perform. And I don't let them down. When they give me that, when they when when I talk to them, they be like, okay, just let me know, you know. You know, let me know when your body's feeling that type of way. So maybe in the second practice, you can take it easy. I'll be like, and I'm going to perform for you. And I do. I go out there mm -hmm. and I perform for him so they know that, okay, he's he, not he just serious about this stuff. Yeah. Was Tony sure. Parker, was Tony Parker, you played with Asbel, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a EuroLeague team. They just came into EuroLeague the last couple of years. Tony Parker's done an amazing job with them. Um, yeah, yes. He kind of set up the culture a little differently. Uh, or did he have any input into that, or just the coach? Now, he set it up as close to an NBA type of schedule as you can for Europe. Like, because okay. at some point, you know, two a days is kind of like universal in Europe. Yeah. Because the way the way the athletes, the way the guys are, the way they're they're not. Let's just say 
the athleticism is not the same. So yeah. you can't you can't rely on that. So you have to rely on strategy. Yeah. You have to rely on being in shape. And so you know you can't get around sometimes having two a days. So, but mm -hmm. we traveled you know well. We ate well. You know the facilities were very nice. You know our uniforms and things of that nature. The upkeep was very very first class. Tony made it. You know he did a great job of making it very comfortable. You know for us out there for for a European club it probably doesn't get much better than you know how we had it in Asheville. And so yeah, he did he did a great job with that. I'd I know to hear that, man. I'm, I'm excited about you this. know I had to ask him. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm gonna take the next 15 minutes and let me go ahead. And, <laughs> <laughs> nah. No, but that's cool though, man. That's cool that he's doing that and, and going back home and bringing what he's learned from the NBA culture. Um and kind of combining the two, because you know, my I've always thought, like you said, going overseas and playing, it makes you a well-rounded player. And I think if you can take that NBA game, what they may call the American game, and that European overseas game, put them together, you know, you, you really got something there. Oh yeah, that's the eighties. That's how they played in the nineties. That's how they played in the nineties and eighties. So skilled, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why they have like to be able to do both? They didn't have, you know. Jordan and then Kobe even, they had to play with skill. Tim Duncan, all these guys, they had to, they couldn't just rely on just this. They had to have both. Yep, skill with physicality. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I think when you combine those two, yeah, it it, it just, yeah, it's, you're, you're pretty much unlocked at that point because you're not, whoa, that, that goes with our principles. You're not too far left or too far right. You're taking it in there. Exactly. Yep. So... Talking about that, the differences between them, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, because we have the Olympics going on. We got Team USA. We're seeing some of the struggles there uh, in the exhibition games. And obviously, they came out and played well. Um, I forgot, maybe against Spain, I think. And they just recently lost to France. Can you talk a little bit about that disparity between the games? Because, you know, a lot of people for a long time have been, oh, it's overseas. They think it's easy. It's like it's a different game. Can you kind of touch on just the differences there. Yeah. So first, first of all, there's actual like rule differences that make the game yes. different. You know, mm -hmm. ten minute quarters. You know, running clock. The only the coach can call a timeout. Not so many media timeouts. What's a foul? What's considered a foul? What's not considered a foul? No, foul. no, no defensive Hit three the seconds. The Hit yeah. the goaltending off the rim. All of these things are actual rule book changes that causes you to have to play a different way. And then second, you know, a lot of these too. teams, yeah, a lot of these teams the have been playing together for years. Like years. Yeah. they go, they come back for national team every summer, like religiously. In Team USA, we have different guys that practice for a week and then we go play, which lets you know kind of how talented we are to be able to do that. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be able to do that, but a lot of these teams, they have NBA guys plus Euroleague guys, which makes their team, you know, formidable. It was four dudes on Team France, three dudes on Team France that I played with at Asheville. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah, on, so, who on there from Asheville? Uh, we uh, Gershon. Okay. Um, Big Moose, Mustafa Fall. Okay. And uh, oh, Thomas, he he's a yeah, big seven-two dude. dude, and then uh, Mustafa, mm. uh, Thomas Hortel. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. H U E R. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I never know how to pronounce his name, but he can. He's a shooter, right? Can he? Shoot? He can pass, he's a he, he can. He's a passer, and he can knock down no threes. I know who he is, but all, them are names. If you if you're in the hoop world, you know these names. Like yeah, if you're in Europe, like, you're in Europe. You know who he, definitely. If you yeah, follow yeah. Europe, you know these dudes. But yeah, yep. So they they all played for Team France, and that was my. That was just my teammates. We won a championship together. Mm. Yeah, but the year, but the international game is so different, bro. It's so different. The tactics are different. The floor spacing is different. The three point line is a little closer. So because of all of those different rules and different things, you have to have a different strategy. And mm. I think Team USA, they'll adjust. I, I mean, I'm I'm confident they'll adjust and bring back mm -hmm. the gold. But you know, don't, these these guys can really play in Europe. This this is no cake. This is no. This is nothing <laughs> sweet out there, bro. Yeah, wow. yeah. So you gave a lot of gems, man. You get a whole lot of gems today. I'm so, I'm excited to go back and cut this up to, to get the points <laughs> we can release them. Um, but that's what it's about here. IGI to be a pro is to be we're more than just a church, we're more than just um, 
you know, a name. We're trying to build a family of people to know how do I become a pro? Like, if you want to become a lawyer, if you want to become a doctor, they have a, a path for you. They say you got to take. That's not the case when it comes to, to sports, per se. It's it's kind of like who you know, right? And I think, you know, uh, Norris did a wonderful job telling us, like, I just learned by just observing. But what if you can got a chance to 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 learn this before you ever got started? Okay, this is what you want to do. This is the measure. This is the opportunity. This is the ways you would do that. And so thinking about all this, you've gone through years and years of playing now. You've been all over the world. What for you is it that keeps motivating you day in and day out? How long do you think you want to continue to keep playing at such a high level? Well, what motivates me is, one, this is not just for fun anymore. I, you, you know, I played basketball for fun initially. That's why I started playing. It's fun. But now it's my job. This is how I make a living. This is how I feed myself. This is how I support my family. So that's my motivation. I want to continue the lifestyle that I've gotten used to living. I want my family to be able to continue to live off of that and benefit from that. So, you know, my family is my motivation. Um, you know, my young brothers that look up to me, you know, when I say my young brothers, I mean like my young people who I have mm -hmm. influence over, they look up to me. And so, you know, I want to be a good example for those people um, to have something to strive after. And so I'm also motivated by that to be a good example. Um, my body feels great, you know, I still, you know, I still feel strong. I'm still in good shape, you know, still athletic. So, you know, I feel like I can play, honestly, as long as, you know, barring injury, knock on wood, I feel like I can play as long as I really want to play, you know. You know, right yeah. now I'm, what I'm, I'm 32. Um, I feel like I have at least, you know, four or five strong years at being an elite player, you know, mm -hmm. and then obviously as, you know, you get older, you you know, slow down a little bit, but as far as being you ain't got to, you ain't got to, you you right. I don't like to put a cap on, you know, that, but I feel good. I just say that I still feel good. Yeah. Um, but it, family changes things like, like right now I'm not married, yeah. but you know, let's say for instance, I get married and, you know, and have children or something that might make me want to retire earlier, mm -hmm. you know, or I might find something else in life that I love to do just as much as playing basketball and you know it might be worth it at the time but right now you know i'm fully motivated you know i love playing i'm in great shape and so i'm going i'm going to play as long as my body allows me to play or as long as you know i don't have the responsibility not to play because obviously if things happen in the family that come first i'll stop playing in a second if you know if i need to but right now you know i'm feeling good i want to continue to play god has blessed me with the ability to play and I don't want to waste it, you know. That's real. That's yeah. real. I wanted to. Oh, I, when you said something before, I wanted to say something before that. Um, when you talked about the blueprint, yes, to being a pro. You know, one thing people got to realize: being a pro is is no guarantee mm -hmm. as far as in in sport. But you can be a pro in life. And so, mm -hmm. if you if you do all these things in basketball and train from from elementary school all the way to college. And you don't make it pro they don't make you a failure you just take that mm -hmm. work ethic and you put it into a career and then you can be a pro at that because there's only a small percentile of people that make it to the nba and that can play pro ball it's a it's one less than one percent i think you mm -hmm. got maybe 400 around give or take 400 players in the nba there's yep. seven billion people in the world so that's like less than one percent of the whole yeah, you, know, world. you know what i mean so you're not a failure if you don't make it to the nba it just lets you know how elite of a profession that it is. And so mm -hmm. you, know, you take that work ethic and then you could be a pro in anything in life. Anything. Now, I love that. I love that. And that's why yeah. we want to help guys start off knowing, okay, if this is what you want to go to, this is what it's going to take. And the reason why it's not for everybody is because not everybody's willing to have the discipline like you did. Not everybody's willing to make the sacrifices like you did. And at the same time, not everybody has the physical capabilities on that. Exactly. Go higher. Sometimes you can't just depend just on physical abilities and things. You have to go higher to the to the emotion, to the mental, soul, spiritual things that you can't. Like you say, you can't control certain things, but there is a God behind certain things, and there is a divine place behind it that can't open it. 
but you got to do your part, and that's what we exactly, exactly. You can sit here and pray all day, but if you don't do your part, then it don't ain't gonna work, bro. And then, that's why I loved your story. You was like, bro, I did it every night. Then my push ups, went to bed, used the bathroom, felt good. Then my prayers with the bed, right? Look every day, and you did it every. You was diligent, and it's like people think that like. Oh, it was just a coincidence. Like, I love what you said earlier. Like, champions aren't by coincidence or it's not luck what they have. Like, they actually, they follow it day in and day out. And that's why it's not, that's why it's such a uh, low 1% because not everybody is willing to follow that narrow path and everybody wants to go. Like, it keeps saying left and right. So I love that, bro. I, I appreciate you saying that because we people, the kids that listen to this, the guys in college, the guys that's in high school, the guys that think about becoming a pro, you need to hear that. And that's in anything in life. That we right. just, hoop is a small time period of our lives. At the end of the day, 40 some years old. You got every move. athlete has a retirement date. You got every to. single one of us got a got a got a date that we're gonna retire. Father Tom is undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. <laughs> the reigning champion of the world. Yes, sir. You gotta you gotta move on, man. But uh Scott Boogie, you want to finish this out? I know he got East Coast time. He, he did a wonderful job staying yeah, up. Let me get out of there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I didn't know if are we still doing what we was uh or no? Not today. Not today. No, okay, we'll, okay. We'll do, we'll do it another time. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, no, I think that was a great way to close it. I did want to ask, and we appreciate again all the advice, the wisdom. This was this was awesome. No, this was better than I even. I knew it was gonna be great. It was even better than what I. I'm like, man. Yeah, it was. It was, was beyond beyond the perfect person for this. Thank episode. you, brother. <laughs> Thank yeah. You. So we go. I just want to ask, what's what's your best uh, championship story you got from the Heat? It don't gotta be Bron or D Wade, but but what's your best what's your best championship story as we, as we round this thing out? The best championship story I can say was. Uh, it's hard to pick one, but I'll say. Do, on the championship run, the Harlem Shake video, classic. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> that was classic we did that. Sure. We did that the day before a game. <laughs> the day, and it was a tough game. The day before we played Memphis, and you know that was back when Memphis was the grind. You know, Zebo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so we was like, yo, if we do this video and put it out and then go viral, and then we play bad tomorrow, we know Pat Riley is gonna go crazy. Oh, so, man. so we had to make sure that we won the game the next day. So that was mm. that was classic. And then um, the the parade, the championship parades, you know, with the water guns and stuff like that. That was, you know, being able to you know be around on the floaties, go around. We call it Heat Nation, and we went around mm. each block, around each part of you know Miami, and you'll be you know through Little Haiti, through Little Havana, mm. through you know through all the little communities, like in a big circle like a big community mm -hmm. and it was like hundreds of thousands of people up on the light posts hanging up all over the condos wow. it was like <laughs> the most it was the the best sighting you ever see man it was it was mm. so the parade was one of the most special things i remember man super cool that's man what's that's what's up well yeah. norris we really appreciate it man if you can stay for like another five minutes as we close this out we ain't gonna hold you all night we just want to holler at you in the back for a little bit. We appreciate you staying with us, man. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys, man. Yes, definitely. Keep working hard, fellas out there who listening. Make sure y'all listen to these fellas. Keep working hard. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Norris Cole, everybody. Well, we'll see. We'll talk to you in a little bit, Norris. All right. <clears throat> All right. So that was good. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. That was. Uh, if, you, if you guys want to know more information, check us out on weareguysimage.com slash IGI, how to be a pro. There you can find – you always can find us out. We go into more detail. If, if I look a little sweaty right now, it's not because the, <laughs> the words was hot. It's because it's a little hot in here combined with the <laughs> – but you come get some heat. Follow us hot on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, come get some heat Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. Uh, but our mentorship program, that's really what we want to – push and help people out understand is we're not focused so much on the skill we're not focused on that you can go on youtube right now and find skill everywhere you go um we have skill things on there but we have breaking down the principles the the laws the instructions and more importantly the wisdom of an understanding of why and the purpose right defining what the destiny of your life is through this game how do i actually use this game 
the correct way instead of allowing it to use me. So many guys get into this game and they end up having a bad ending because they didn't take advantage of their time as a pro in the game. So check us out at weareguysimage.com slash IGI to be a pro. We're going to break down this one uh, with Norris. This was a great one. If you want to know how to be a champion, he gave a lot of great clues. He gave you a lot of great clues, rather. And we're going to break them down even more on our uh, give and go section at weareguysimage.com slash IGI, how to be a pro. Boogie, any last words? for those that are out there listening man i think you said it perfectly tonight man come check out that mentorship program we're, we're breaking this stuff down again like you said if you want the physical stuff we have that up there but um that's our focus is really teaching you what it what it takes teaching you what's behind uh all of that so again we want to thank norris for coming on here share some really great really great stuff um how to be a champion so i think that's all i got bro that's all you got hey well look imagine what you could accomplish if fear wasn't an option that's our motto that's the slogan that's the thing that's going to help you get out of putting this whole pressure on your back doing it yourself having balance the balance that norris is talking about not going too far right not going too far left i think i'm right this way and then left this way that's my there right <laughs> But we'll be back. We're going to take a couple of weeks off. Everybody, uh, let's give it up for Scott Boogie. He's having him and Mel is having a wonderful, wonderful, uh, beautiful pregnancy that's coming up. Uh, delivery is coming up. It's going to be smooth. Everything is going to go sweet. You know what I mean? There's no pain. We ain't speaking none of that. It's going to be good. None of it. Um, but yeah, so we'll take a couple of weeks off and then we'll be back here soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you guys next time on IGI How to Be a